And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Ball night! You a PTI fan, Josh? I used to be, not as much anymore, but uh, I like PTI. Remember when Reality was on the show and he used to yell, ball night, every time the NBA was coming up? Remember that? I love that. Yeah, it was my highlights. There you go. See, I got something else, though. I go back to the 70s, and I say, give it all you got. Take your very best shot, and may the best team win. The time is now. The name of the game is action. They're on the floor, and they're ready to score, so let the game begin, and let's see how the ball's going to bounce today. You know what that's from? Ooh, what is that from? That's before my time, Ron. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Well, Brent Musburger would remember that. Welcome to NBA. Come on and join the roar of the crowd. Here's another classic about to come your way. You'll see the best in basketball when you watch the NBA, when you watch the NBA on CBS. Those are the lyrics to the somewhat catchy theme they ran against computerized animation back in the day when Brent was first coming into our consciousness on NFL Today and the NBA. Now it's up to you, Josh, to take that torch and bring everyone into the consciousness of betting on the NBA. That's the subject today on the Everything Guide. It's the Everything Guide to Sports Betting vSIN podcast. He's Josh Applebaum. I'm Ron Flatter. You got to dig that up, by the way, Josh. Type in NBA 1970s CBS theme into YouTube. You'll be uh, thrilled beyond amazement. It it doesn't really ring like it should nowadays, but, you know, you get a little slice of the 70s. No, I like it. Hey, usually I get amped when I have some action on NBA night. I, uh, I fire up the Chicago Bulls 
1990s Michael oh, Jordan yeah. pregame uh, song. So yeah, that, that, that's what I get. I get going with that. Alan Parsons Project, right? I think so. Yeah, turn off the lights, get the music going. That gets me right to, now to sweat some games. I love it. <laughs> Edgard from North Carolina. Anyway, I could do Ray Clay. All right. So speaking of history, there's some history about the NBA because there was something that happened through the NBA that was a real prod to helping sports gambling move from maybe that seedy image that it might have had for some to being legitimized when a particular commissioner wrote something. Yeah, so Ron, we got to pay homage to our guy Adam Silver. So took over for David Stern and really, you know, before we saw, you know, we saw a watershed moment when Paspo was overturned in 2018. However, there was a big lead up to that and it wasn't just like you know, that was a fait accompli. There was a long lobbying effort to legalize sports betting. And really, Adam Silver, back in 2014, back on November 13th of 2014, he really, really got the tide turning because he wrote an op-ed in the New York Times. It was titled, Legalize and Regulate Sports Betting. And that was really kind of the, the start of breaking the dam against the stigma of sports betting. It was really considered a game changer. And what it was, was, you know, first off, just the first major sports pro sports commissioner to really support and embrace legalized betting and really adam silver has uh he kind of saw the future and he was really smart about it and he knew that okay let's just not take sports betting out of the shadows but you know selfishly smartly it's a way to grow the game it's a way to bring in more fans because ron you know if the if, if a team is up 20 points in the fourth quarter and you don't have action on the game you might turn off that game if it's between the suns and the hornets a game you don't care about but if you have one team, you know, minus 16, it's a 19-point game with three minutes left. You are going to tune in, and that's just going to help ratings and more mm -hmm. eyes and more eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that is a, a smart way, and, and Adam Silver really got the ball rolling with legalized betting. And he was inspired in part by results from watching how fantasy play in the NBA really worked, and he saw how the NBA-associated apps, people who were involved with those, they had direct studies to show the people who had action on a game, whether it was a fantasy play or as it has become in gambling, people who have a, a, an actual stake in the game, skin in the game, tend to watch the telecasts of the games for twice as long as they would if they didn't. So now you're talking about dollars right back into the pockets of the NBA through the trickle down from TV ratings and sponsorships that go along with those. Yeah, and that's a big part, too, because DFS, uh, daily fantasy sports, you know, creating your own lineups uh, and betting on players instead of teams. That was another big thing that really kind of took the stigma away of the sleazy, quote unquote, side of betting and made it just, OK, if I can bet on players, you know, I do my research. Uh, why should I be able to bet on games as well? So kind of the DFS uh, popularity mm -hmm. really opened up the doors to a lot more public bettors. Yeah. Uh, and really, Adam Silver hit the nail on the head when he said, I believe that sports betting should be brought out of the underground and into the sunlight where it can, this is key, where it can be appropriately monitored and regulated. So uh, shout out to Adam Silver, everything we're doing today, betting on sports, uh, big in large part to Adam Silver, getting the ball rolling, making legalized betting uh, a possibility. On the same token, we cannot avoid the big elephant in the room because one of the most scandalous chapters in sports gambling was associated with the NBA specifically referee Tim Donaghy, who wound up doing time because he was involved with big-time gamblers, gambling syndicates, and organized crime in order to pass along knowledge 
to gamblers about things that they shouldn't have known. And so Tim Donaghy, I know if you're listening in Sacramento, you know this story all too well, right? But Tim Donaghy became uh, a blight on the game. And while he is now speaking out in ways to say, okay, watch out for this and watch out for that, conveniently maybe doing so after the fact. But Donaghy is something that has to be addressed here as well if we're going to be fair about both sides of this. You're exactly right, Ron, because we got to give Adam Silver credit for you know the push to legalize betting, but we also got to... Uh, you know, uh, tell it straight up. Tim Donahue is a name that is really notorious in NBA circles and really just gave the NBA and sports in general a bad rap because, you know, the worst thing you can think about is betting on a game and then having the outcome be uh, determined by a ref who's crooked. And really, they're you know, few and far between. And really, you know, this is back in the day, you saw it much more when, uh, when refs could be paid off. And um, I think if you approach games thinking that it's going to be uh, crooked ref, you know, well, there's always calls you disagree with or agree with, but, um, you know, we want to root out any kind of that, you know, uh, referee scandal type stuff, but t- Tim Donahue made it difficult because he was a ref from 1994 to 2007. He ref 772 regular season games and 20 playoff games, and uh, there are a lot of great documentaries out there, Ron, where, again, if you're a Kings fan, uh, the year the Kings probably should have beat the Lakers, and uh, Tim Donahue was making what, five, ten-second phone calls before the game to who knows who, throwing games. And by the way, (laughs) this is the other thing, that that Western Conference final, this is an interesting point you're about to make. He didn't referee any game in those finals, those Western Conference finals. However, he had knowledge, and that was what was really weaponized in this case. Exactly, and he was caught. He was caught by the FBI. He was sent to prison. He did time, so... Uh, again, the good and the bad. I think overall the, the good has outweighed the bad now that we have just everything above board. I think that's the key with legalized betting. Would you rather, uh, you know, criminal enterprises, underground uh, conspiracy type stuff running betting, or would you rather it be above board? And I think the fact that it's above board, uh, I think, puts it into the light and makes these cases like Donahue uh, much, much less, if not only eliminating them, uh, much, 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 much less, uh, you know, prevalent or prominent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so against the backdrop of a commissioner that has made the push to embrace gambling and against the backdrop of a scandal that did put a black mark on the game and give it a reputation that it might be uh, not above board, okay, you can fall somewhere in between there. I know there are those who still think the NBA is maybe not as above board as you would want it to be. There are those who say, hey, everything's fine now with Adam Silver. Wherever you stand... Okay, you go forth into gambling on the NBA accordingly, knowing how you feel about it. So let's get to the basics of it now and get down to the nuts and bolts. With the NBA being a game where, well, when you bet it, it looks a lot like football, Josh, because you got point spreads, you got totals, you got money lines. It's pretty much all equipped the same as football, except you got a lot more points being scored. You're exactly right, Ron. You know, obviously one is played uh, outside or in a dome on grass or uh, artificial turf. NBA obviously played indoors on a court, but really football and basketball, very similar in terms of betting. So uh, the NBA is really the second most popular sport overall behind football. It's really grown in leaps and bounds and really you know popularized uh, by a lot more recreational bettors who love betting the NBA. It's, it's more global, I would say, as well. Thanks mm-hmm. in large part to, uh, if you saw the, uh, the Last Dance documentary with Michael Jordan, just the NBA going global, becoming more of a big market. As a result, it's really a great sport to uh, to focus on your, your most popular uh, popular bet type. So the spread and the total. So what are we doing in the NBA? 
we're betting on who's going to cover the game. Obviously, there are money lines, but really the most popular bet type is, uh, you know, who will cover. So, for example, Celtics playing the Lakers. Celtics are a minus three favorite. Oh, here's they, a shocker. Josh being from Boston <laughs> is the Celtics favored by three. Okay, just check. I know. I, I was going to give this example. Do I give Lakers minus three, Celtics minus three? But, hey, I'll, well, we're, we're going back to the 80s, maybe. It's at, it's at the Boston Garden, Ron. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, Celtics minus three. What would that mean? It would mean they're a three-point favorite. If you wanted to bet on the Celtics, they would need to win by four or more in order for you to cover your bet. Lakers, you take them plus three. They could either win the game straight up or lose by two or less. Obviously, if it lands on three, it's a push. Um, but the key here with not only spreads and totals is that, uh, Ron, what is your magic number if you want to be a successful NBA better? Uh, you only have to win 50.1%, right? Isn't that what people tell me? That's what they tell you, but that would be wrong. Uh, it's like anything else in gambling where you are laying 11 to 10. You need to hit at a rate of about 52.38%, roughly. Exactly, because we got to remember we're paying the juice to the sports books, that tax commission, the vig, the vigorish. Uh, so remember, I think that's key in the NBA, realistic expectations. We need to win 52.38% of the time, assuming standard minus 110 juice, Obviously, again, everything we talk about on the Everything Guide, shop for the best line, have multiple outs, try to find better juice prices. But going into the NBA, our goal is to win 53% of the time more and more. If we can do that, we are turning a pretty good profit. We're making it fun, but also profitable. That's always the goal. So that 53 or more number, if you can do that, usually that's a number you fail a math test on in high school, Ron, but uh, <laughs> you're doing pretty good if you're winning 53% of your plays in the NBA. If you knew me in math, Josh, that would be a really good score for me, at least if I can count that high. All right, so let's get to some of the things that you look at when you're betting a game. One of the first things that comes to mind in the NBA, and this was beaten into me at a very early age, is how big the home court advantage is. Or is it? Yeah, this is a great question. So the fact that, you know, we are talking about the NBA and it's a very popular sport, you have a ton of recreational money inside, you know, in the market. Uh, you always got to remember, average Joes, regular bettors, casual bettors, guys and girls who come home from work and want to bet on a game, they're going to be biased toward home teams because obviously the home team has an advantage. It's their home crowd, you know, uh, cheering them on, you know, yelling at the opposing team, trying to make it a hostile environment. However, the odds makers take this into account, typically awarding three points for home court advantage, although it could be higher or lower depending on, uh, you know, the stadium and different uh, other factors that go into it. But home teams win the majority of their games, Ron, but they only cover at about a 50-50 clip. So home teams are going to win about 60% of their games, but they're only going to be a coin flip in terms of 50-50. So what does that tell us? It tells us that home court advantage is real but it's also overvalued by public bettors. Public bettors automatically lean toward betting a home team. The odds makers, you know, set these numbers with uh, that public bias in mind. So mm. don't go into the NBA thinking you're going to bet every home team and become a millionaire. That's baked into the cake. You're kind of swimming upstream a little bit. So if you can lean on even some road teams, that's where you can extract additional value overall. They're only going to win about 40% of the time. But again, they're going to cover closer to 50, 50, mm. even 51% of the time. So again, short road dogs, dogs in general, uh, have a little more value than overvalued public home teams. Yeah, and let's get into the whole idea with underdogs and when you're going to bet them, early season, mid-season, late season, and also looking at the schedule, are they coming in having to play two games in three nights or on a back-to-back, -back, things like that? 
Exactly. You know, we'll get to scheduling because that's really, really important in terms of you'll run into back-to-backs, teams playing two games in two nights. But just kind of in general, you know, we've outlined the fact that, you know, dogs have, have a little more value because the public leans toward favorites. Those lines get uh, inflated and you're paying a higher price to back the popular side. But also early season dogs and road dogs in general, uh, those have a lot of value because early season, first month, there's still a lot of, you know, kinks that need to be ironed out. And really your, your good teams haven't uh, really take, you know, kind of broken apart from the pack most of the time. So a lot of these dogs have a lot of value, uh, especially if you can buy low on dogs, maybe who missed the playoffs the previous year against teams who made the playoffs because you have that public bias really coming into play. Uh, but one thing I look for, Ron, is always buying low, selling high. Mm-hmm. Buying low on road dogs who've come off a loss. The public is very uh, memory of a goldfish. What did, you, what did you do for me last game? If you're terrible, I'm going to fade you. If you played great, I'm going to tail you and bet you. So buying low on these situations where a road dog off a loss, that is a ton of value, especially a blowout loss. I usually get additional points in that regard as well. Uh, Rested dogs. These are the sort of things you want to look for uh, when you're trying to identify a smart dog bet. Now, the other thing that I know you will do because we have branded you our house contrarian at VSIN, Josh, and I don't know if you want to have that on your business card, house contrarian, (laughs) but betting against the public, there's a reason that you are the house contrarian because you have found success in betting against the public, and the NBA is no exception. Yeah, the NBA is no exception, Ron. The NBA is a great sport to go contrarian. By the way, I'm fine being the house contrarian. But I'm, I've always wanted to be on the side of the house. Uh, that, that, that's my goal long term. But um, yeah, the key here is the fact that NBA is a very popular sport, very heavily bet. And when we talk about contrarian, you got to do it in heavily bet sports where you have a lot of public bias and the public can affect the market. Uh, low bet sports like the NHL, you're really not going to have a lot of public betting. So therefore, going contrarian doesn't have as much value. So the NBA, we're talking about uh, leaning on a lot of, uh, when you talk about the, the public, they love popular teams, teams with star players, teams that uh, are on big winning streaks. And really when you can go uh, buck the trend, buy low on unpopular teams, uh, especially, you know, dogs, road teams and unders. But I, the key to me, Ron, is when you're betting against the public in the NBA, look for heavily bet primetime games. So the first thing I, I would always ask is if you want to go contrary in the NBA, you know it's a good spot to heavily bet sport, a lot of public action. Look for primetime games. Look for nationally televised games, your TNT, your TBS, your ESPN, your games that are at 8 p.m., your games that all day on ESPN, you know, they're pounding you with promos for that everyone's going to tune in for. Those are the situations where you get the most public action, and if the public is all over one side, a lot of times getting that, you know, buying low on that unpopular side, get better numbers, get additional value, place yourself on the side of the house. So look for those heavily bet primetime games to go contrarian. Yeah, that's that's actually something you look at and you anticipate because of all that buildup. Listen to the information. Don't listen to the hype. And by information, I mean, you know, listen for who's going to be available, what kind of minutes you're going to have, injury updates, things like that. Those are all logical things, but it's going to be out there. You just have to make sure you listen to that amid all the hype on these big games. But uh, what about reverse line movement, especially as it's dictated by professional bettors? Yeah, so, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, going contrarian has a lot of value. Also looking at, I like inflated lines too, where it's so heavily inflated on one side, maybe a team opens, you know, minus 10. Everybody's betting on the Lakers. The line gets up to 12. You know, getting that opponent at plus 12 inflated mm-hmm. line, getting a better number, that has a ton of value because 
you're basically capitalizing on uh, public bias and getting extra points and better numbers. So in a vacuum, that contrarian inflated line scenario has a lot of value. You would want to bet the Lakers at minus 12 when they open minus 10 because even if they win by 20, you bought into a bad number after, right. it, after it moved. So that, you know, kind of the basic stuff there. But um, also, Ron, we got to be on the sharp side of every play. It's not as simple as going contrarian going contrarian and, and, and winning all of our plays. That's not going to be the case. We got to incorporate sharp action. We got to be on the same side as the professional better. So I like to look for just weird line movement, you know, watching how a line moves, where it opens, how it moves. That's going to tell you a lot about where uh, I always want to know where's the public and where are the pros. So if, if a line makes no sense, you know, if a team is uh, looks like they can't win, looks terrible, but yet the line moves in their favor. If a team is super popular, but yet the line falls away from them. Anytime you scratch your head and say, why is this happening? This doesn't make any sense. Because nine times out of ten, a line's just going to move toward that popular side. That's how the books will mm -hmm. adjust that number to try to entice betting the other way. But I always look for weird line movement. If you smell a rat, usually there's there's always something behind it. So yep. always look for that reverse line move when the line goes away from the popular side toward the unpopular side. And if you can get that same number, that triggering number that the pros got, uh, good, always good to be on that sharp side. By the way, if you have a tip-off at 7.30, start watching around 6 o'clock for the news that's going to come out of the locker rooms and the coaches about any late lineup movement because that's when they'll talk to the media. The home team coach talks to the media an hour and a half before the game, and the visiting team coach talks 75 minutes before the game. At least at the time we were recording this, those were the policies that were in place from the NBA. It's no accident that these late lineup moves pop onto Twitter right around that time. I've literally been in these clusters around these coaches in the hallways at arenas where you'll see guys on their phones and gals on their phones tweeting out that information as the coach is saying it. And there's a reason then why these numbers might move at that very moment. I remember a time, Josh, when LeBron and company were playing against the Houston Rockets and LeBron wasn't going to play. Load management, we'll get into that. And all of a sudden, then, the declaration came down, oh, wait a minute, he will be playing for the Cavaliers at the time in this game against Houston. And all of a sudden, that number, Houston was a huge home favorite, and it almost went completely the other way. And I jumped in on it just at the right time and got the, all the points that were available because I jumped as quickly as I could before the book could move the number. And within seconds after I placed my bet, that number did move. So you got to watch out for that as well. Yeah, nail on the head there, Ron. You know, timing is everything, especially in the NBA because, uh, number one, you know, these lines move and you got to be tied into them. If you're late, you can miss that number. It's not just about picking the right side but getting the right number. And also, again, load management. This is something that's really become big and, you know, bigger and bigger in the, in the recent years here where players will rest. And, you know, we always got to recommend staying viewed to VEASAN, following VEASAN on Twitter, at VEASAN Live, because – you know, we'll get that information out to you. And being on Twitter and knowing updates on who will be in, who will be out, um, you can always have late, you know, injury announcements come in. So make sure that you're you're tied in to what's going on. Social media is a great way to do it. Also make sure you have access to that that live odds page where you can track all the Absolutely. lines in real time. Because once you see that board light up, Ron, there's a reason behind it. Either exactly. sharp action coming in late or maybe an injury like you saw with LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. And look at local reporters on Twitter. Look at, you know, the Woj bombs and shams and people like that, the high-profile reporters on Twitter. 
and rely on them. Don't rely on anybody on Twitter. You rely on particular people because you get rumors out there as well. But you see a blue check mark next to a name of a known reporter, especially in local markets, you're in good shape. Okay, so uh, I, I was drifting a little bit from the numbers here, and we were talking about spreads. Let's also talk about the totals, the over-unders, and how the public loves the overs. Yeah, this is important, too, because, you know, we talk about how the public really overvalues and is biased toward favorites and home teams when we're talking spreads. But that bias continues when you talk about totals and totals over under. Same thing. Uh, but we're talking about totals. Public really likes to uh, and is psychologically biased toward betting overs. Why? Because, Ron, if you're going to sit down, come home from long day of work, you got your games you want to watch, you're a regular uh, guy or gal. Tell me why you'd want to bet the over. Isn't it much more fun to root for points psychologically? You don't want to see bricks and uh, you know shot clock violations. No one wants to see that. Well, the only one time I'm going to want to bet an over is if I feel like the number's really uh, one that is nice and low and it was not a number I was anticipating. Uh, but unders for me are the way I tend to want to go, although you do sweat because what's the old saying? It's not under until it's over. Exactly. We hate going to overtime if, uh, if we got a bet. That, that's the ultimate killer. Uh, but yeah, knowing the fact that public uh, NBA public sport, public, you know, is really biased toward betting overs, the odds makers will set these totals with public bias in mind, shading them more toward the over. So what does that do? Creates a lot of value to sweat in under, taking that unpopular opinion and taking the under. So mm. one thing I look for, Ron, divisional unders. This is something that's treated me pretty well consistently uh, since I've been, you know, doing NBA. You know, doing NBA betting for uh, years and years now, but uh, you have six divisions. They each have five teams in each division in the league. They play each other multiple times per year, more so than non-division teams. And as a result, the familiarity benefits the defense. So you know you can expect uh, kind of game plans, tendencies, sets, how they run, how they're coached stylistically. So you see a difference. It's not huge, but. You know, divisional unders since 2005, according to BetLab Sports, around 52%. Non-division unders around 50%. So 2% may not seem much, but right off the bat, you're operating with an edge toward the under in divisional matchups. But the key with me, Ron, when I'm betting uh, divisional unders, I want that line to fall a little bit. I want mm -hmm. some, some sharp action, some sharp reverse line movement. Typically, when you see a total fall, Nine times out of the ten, out of ten, it's sharp because public wants that over. So if it's falling, you got to imagine that that wise guy's got down in it. So if you can jump on a good divisional under, it's two fifteen. You start to see it fall. It's down to two fourteen, but you're able to jump on that two fifteen before it fell. That's the kind of system play that I like to lean on when uh, when betting totals. Speaking of system plays, and I know, look, you have your book, and there are others out there. I'm going to give a nod to my friend Rob Mish, who wrote a book and did survey a lot of professional gamblers in Nevada and around the country. And one of the angles, I think you and I talked about this at the time that this was in effect. This was early in the 2019-2020 NBA season before it got interrupted. And very early on, this particular gambler, and I'm afraid I forgot his name, but he came up with a system, particularly in the first month, a month and a half of the season, basically up until around Christmas time. Once teams had established, say, six, eight, ten games in their bank, that you look at teams that had a winning percentage of over 60%, had won more than 60% of their games straight up. When they met one another, bet the under. The theory there being that these two teams knew they were good 
and when they went up against each other, they were actually going to show up and play defense for more of the game than you might expect if it were a garden variety game. And I made some nice money on that, and this guy's made money on this over the years. He tends to back off around Christmas time because by that point, the bookmakers have gotten wise to the numbers because you didn't have a big sample size up until then, but now those numbers start to level things out. But again, looking at an angle where you play the under. Yeah, I love that, Ron. You know, definitely I've leaned on that too because historically, uh, you know, two good teams go head to head. Defense is all about motivation and effort. And when you're psyched up and you feel challenged and you really, you know, uh, you know, slap the floor and really are going to play some defense, that's going to benefit the under a ton. So I'm right there with that that sharp guy who was playing that system. And also, in general, very basic stuff. You're going to bet totals. Look at pace. You know, you can go to NBA.com, yes. pace statistics. That's really important. That basically is going to uh, give you a number in terms of possessions per game and how quickly, uh, you know, a team gets up and down the floor because teams that push the pace, that run a lot, that's going to create more possessions, more opportunities to score. Teams that are slow and deliberate, play a lot of half court, that's going to slow the game down and make uh, fewer possessions, fewer opportunities to score. So lean on those pace stats. That's important. Know that the odds makers are setting those numbers with that in mind, but that's definitely something you want to be aware of going into these bets. We mentioned a little bit ago Tim Donaghy, the most notorious referee in NBA history. There are other referees to talk about. There's also the thought about, oh, what do you do with teams late in the season that are trying to win their way into a better position in the draft. We'll talk about all of that when we continue talking about NBA betting angles and the basics to betting pro basketball when we continue on the Everything Guide. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying, Cal's a bust, he can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Steve Cavino from Cavino & Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese 
Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. The Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIN podcast. He's Josh Applebaum. I'm Ron Flatter. And we are talking about NBA betting to the extent now we are into the nuances. We told you about point spreads. We told you about totals. We told you about contrarian betting. Maybe look to underdogs, look to the unders. But now let's look to some factors you might not have considered. We mentioned this in other sports, so let's talk about it in the NBA. Officiating. Certain crews are going to be calling games certain ways. Some of them will call it tight. Some of them will let them play. So how do you gauge all of this, especially when you consider, Josh, that you've got three of them on the floor and they're interchangeable? Yeah, I think this is key. So remember, uh, again, referees, officials, it's not going to be the only reason you bet a game. we got to stress that. But it's a cherry on top that can either sweeten uh, or make you question whether you're betting an over or an under, especially and that's what I look at. Same thing with dogs and favorites. But these ref crews, they'll be announced on NBA.com, usually in the morning around 9 a.m. Eastern time. You'll find out who the, the crew is. Also, um, you'll be able to look at stats for these referees. So, again, we always talk about refs. They're humans. They have tendencies toward home teams, road teams, overs, unders, depending on how they call a game. Uh, today's uh, guy that we always look at is Scott Foster. Uh, because, yeah. Ron, you know, Scott Foster, he is notorious. He's had his run-ins with... Uh, James Harden, and he's uh, statistically he's really favored uh, a lot toward road teams in general. He likes the wrath of the home team, uh, often like Joe West in, in Major League Baseball. But um, I look at situations like, you know, I like the under, I've capped the game, I see value on an under, uh, and then I also look at the, the ref crew, and boom, historically they, they lean toward the under. It's that sort of cherry on top that I like to add. Um, but again, not going to be the only reason you bet a game, but be aware of refs. You would hate to see, uh, you know, you bet an under and you have three refs who are ticky-tack fouls all game long, guys getting to the free throw line. So, you know, apply that to your capping. Make it one of the boxes that you want to check off. I remember years ago, Brent Musburger used to say, whenever a team got to three wins in the NBA Finals, expect to see Dick Bavetta for the next game to try to <laughs> make sure that that team with the third win doesn't get the fourth one too soon because they want to make a little more money. I don't know if it ever went that far in terms of the cynicism of it, but... Dick Bavetta was always one of those guys you'd look out for, too, back in the old days. So there was that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tanking. Our friend Gil Alexander talks about Tankapalooza every year late in the season on his show, a numbers game on VSIN. So tanking. All right. So how do you bet tanking, Josh? Yeah, tanking. This is a favorite among a lot of sharp bettors uh, like Gil across, you know, across the globe. And really what is tanking? It's basically when you're late in the season, I kind of put it at a, around game 55, game 60. It's that last, you know, 20 or so, 25 or so games where it's pretty clear who's fighting for the playoffs and who is completely out of it. So it's basically you're, you're weighing motivation late in the season. Uh, teams are, you know, you can't say it because they'll get fined and get in trouble. But teams that are losing and way out of it have no chance at the playoffs. It's to their benefit to continue to lose more games because that'll increase your chances with the ping pong balls and try to get the number one pick and get a better pick if you lose. There's really no benefit to winning late if you're already out of it. So 
capping motivation. That's important when you get to game 55, 60, and beyond of an 82-game season. So what I like to do is just, you know, try to bet against bad teams down the stretch. It's pretty simple. If you have teams that are around 35% win percentage, 350 or less, they're playing a team that's battling for the playoffs. We'll put that around, around you know, 500 team, you know, mm -hmm. 470 team. Oftentimes taking that team who is, you know, really battling for the playoffs against a team that's totally out of it, especially if they're a road favorite because the public will still have a little bias toward that home team. Uh, that's where you can make a lot of money uh, tanking late in season. So remember, you know, early season, those dogs have a lot of value when they're healthy and optimistic and motivated. But then you get late in the season, that's when you start to see uh, these favorites, especially in tanking scenarios, really turn it on, uh, especially when teams give up late. From betting against failure to betting into success, how do you vary your wagering when you get to playoffs? The playoffs are a totally different ballgame, Ron, and it are, it's really the most exciting time of year. You get series, you know, games every single night, every other day they're playing. But a contrarian like me, the playoffs is tough because even though it's heavily bet and you have a lot of public uh, action pouring in, historically a lot of home teams and a lot of favorites do very well in the playoffs. Uh, it's kind of that one sport where home court is like, you know, a lot of people say, who's the home team tonight in the NBA playoffs? Boom, give me that team. Because you, you see a lot of back and forth for the home teams. It's it's always like, you know, who's going to be the first team to win a road game, Ron? Usually that's something you always wonder. Right. But um, again, it, it flips a little bit. What I like to look at is rest. You know, rest is important. If one team is more rested than another going into a series, that can really, uh, you know, you know basically uh, provide you another edge overall. But I also like, you know, one contrarian little thing that I like in the playoffs is a favorite who was blown out the previous game. So a lot of times right. you'll see a team that, you know, maybe they got blown off the court uh, and they lost by 15 or, or 20 and just you know, completely packed it in and got crushed. Public will remember that. So if they're a favorite the next game, oftentimes the public will say, man, that, that team is a dog tonight. They're getting points and they just won by 20. You know, give me that dog. But usually this is kind of a fade the trendy dog scenario, buying low on a favorite off a loss in the playoffs, off a blowout loss. Mm. That's a really good bounce back scenario overall, Yeah, um, yeah. which is key. And I'll also mention our friend Matt Humans, also from VSIN. He seizes on that but limits his exposure to this degree. You take a team that just got blown out, say, in game two of a playoff series, got blown out on the road. They're heading home. They may be on merit the worst team because, of course, they don't have the home court advantage, and there's a reason why. But coming home, he will bet that team to cover the number in the first quarter and maybe even the first half, not for the game, but figuring that the home court energy will give them something. They'll come out of the chute, come to familiar baskets, aim at those, and get hot early and cover the number in the first quarter. Especially, you know, sometimes they might even be an underdog uh, in terms of the home team. Uh, even in the first quarter of the first half. But even if it's a, a whatever number it is, he'll go for that, and he's had good success in doing that. Yeah, I love that system, Ron, now, especially if a team is down 2-0 going into that yes, third game. absolutely. That's, that's huge because, again, the team that's up 2-0, you're resting on your laurels a little bit. You don't, you're don't, you not as motivated, whereas that team that's down 0-2, you're going to get their absolute best effort. So, again, those little things are important. Also look at betting totals in the NBA playoffs. Uh, games 1 through 5 historically – uh, are about even to the to the total, the over-under. But you get to game six and seven, late in a series, you yeah. see a big edge toward the under. Uh, it's around 58% since 2003. Uh, why is that important? Because when you're facing elimination, 
Also, you've played a bunch of games, you're tired, you're going to buckle down on defense. That late playoff series under has a ton of value. So these are all the little things. Uh, playoffs are super fun. You can really take advantage of these trends. Pretty much a lot of times you have an opportunity every night to look at these situations. I mentioned a moment ago about the first quarter bet, the first half bet. Not every sports book offers a first quarter, but most of them offer a first half bet. You also have second half lines, live lines. We've talked about in other episodes being able to bet in-game. I love betting NBA in-game because it is a game of runs. One team will get on a run, and then you know the other team will answer in kind if they're competitive at all. And so you can really take advantage of the pendulum-like effect of the point spread. But you've also, uh, you look at that, you got to be a little bit careful. But at the same time, it is a wonderful way to be involved in the game. Exactly, Ron. Remember, you know, you can bet the full game, the pre pre-flop as our VEASAN, uh, our VEASAN guests and hosts like to say, but uh, you can also look at first half, second half. Live lines are very important, especially uh, I know a lot of sharp guys will say, you know, maybe they didn't bet the full game. They're waiting to get a better number, waiting for a favorite who's maybe minus five, automatically gets down 10 to two to start the game. Boom, you could live line them, get a much better number overall. So these are all available to you. You know, the one caveat would be live lining can be a little dangerous because you can just get in the yes. habit of betting it, you know, every time there's a break. Um, so try to limit your plays uh, if you can. Um, then also NBA, remember, not just games. We can bet futures. We can bet win totals. Yeah. That's really important. And you can, uh, you know, basically if you can have a couple of good bets early, put them in, uh, you know, put them on the back burner. Hopefully you win them late. Pad your bankroll uh, at VEASAN, VEASAN.com. We'll talk a lot about uh, tips and futures and win totals. But um, the NBA is just a great sport to bet on overall, Ron. And, you know, because it's so heavily bet, a lot of these contrarian opportunities, sharp opportunities can really stack up over the course of a long season. Let me throw something at you here. Remember that game I was talking about where LeBron decided, okay, I'm going to play when he originally said he wasn't. So <laughs> go back to that game, and it was Cleveland at Houston. And Matt Humans, I mentioned him earlier, gave me a great piece of advice. This is old advice, but he just remembered to tell me that this is where you apply it. If you have faith that a team, like in that case, I thought Cleveland could win the game outright. And he said, don't just bet on the money line in a situation like that where you see, okay, live underdog, you think absolutely go all in on that. Bet 70% of your stake or of a, maybe you know, 7, uh, 7%, 70% of your unit, let me say it that way, on the point spread and take 30% on that plus money money line. And so that way it gives you a cushion just in case the team might lose a close game, which did happen in that particular case. And you're still covered. You still make the profit on the point spread. So 70% on the point spread, taking the underdog plus the points, and then 30% on the plus money money line play on that underdog. I like it, Ron. Sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. And I would also you know, caution to a lot of uh, – uh, listeners, especially new listeners, when you get into injuries and you see a star oh, player yes. who's out, don't just automatically you know bet that team because the opponent's out. I- I've seen a lot of betters get in yeah. trouble by betting just based on injuries. You know, you see uh, James Harden's out and the Rockets, um, you know, go from minus five down to minus three, or you see a line move. You know, don't just automatically bet injuries based on a guy's out. I'm going to bet against them. He's in. I'm going to bet for them. It, unless you can jump on that number as soon as it happens, oftentimes you're going to bet late after the number is moved. And even if, you know, a dog goes from, you know, plus five to plus 10, but their key players out, maybe actually buying low on that plus 10 is actually the more, the more valuable play overall. So 
don't bet just based on injuries, who's in and out. That's a dangerous game to play. It's wonderful talking about the NBA because we could get into a million stories. But then at some point, we've got to let the podcast end so that <laughs> folks can make bets on these games. So I think we'll go ahead and leave it right there, Josh. We'll tell stories off air. Maybe we'll do it right there. Does that sound like a plan? <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Shop for the best line, get the best number, and uh, the NBA convo always continues, Ron. Come on and join the roar of the crowd. Here's another classic about to come your way. You'll see the best in basketball when you watch the NBA. And when you bet it, with a little help from the Everything Guide to Sports Betting vSIN podcast. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.